Welcome to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunacore community. Uh, my name is Matt Rycroft, and I'm joined today by... Mike Dyer. And Russell Taylor. How you doing, guys? Uh, good, thank you. Yeah, good, Matt. No complaints. So, what have you been up to this week, then? Um, just a chilled out uh, week, really, and um, as work at work as usual. Tried the new Iron Maiden beer, which is uh, brewed close close by to where I work, which is very nice. Yeah, I saw your post, actually. Did you like my little play of words? Yeah, yeah, it was good. I couldn't resist it. He, he posted on Facebook, I've been trying the new Iron Maiden beer, and I said, I thought it smelled, it was it, it smells of acrid smoke and horse's breath. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> As for a chilled out week, well, enough about the weather, Mike. We've had our summer. We've, we talked yeah, about yeah. this last week. What about you, Russ? Me? Uh, fairly quiet this week, mostly uh, relaxing to a Breaking Bad season two. Yeah, I still haven't got around to watching as much as, as I would like. Uh, I went and saw Star Trek last weekend. It's been a bit of a movie fest for me the couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks, I should say. Which was quite good if you're a Star Trek fan. And cool. probably somewhat oblique if you're not a Star Trek fan. I'm more surprised Mike wasn't out enjoying the parade and seeing Fergie off. No, or no. Did, or did you go? No. no, I had to do something for Scout, so I wasn't available, unfortunately. It's not, it's not gonna be, good, though. It's not going to be the same now, is it? No, no, I don't think it will. It's, uh, I don't know. We'll uh, see. How long has he been the manager of Man um, 26 years. It would be 27 years if he just stayed till November. So, a long time. Blimey. And how old are you? Yeah, uh, 31. <laughs> so, so you were five when he became the yeah. manager? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Anyway, enough of that. So, let's talk about the Kunikorn News, shall we? Uh-huh. Right, okay. Uh... You might not have seen it, but uh, looking at the news on Empty Spar at the moment, you'll see that Christina was interviewed by uh, KNAC. I assume that's knack.com. It's uh, a transcribed interview, but it's worth checking out, and we'll post a link in the show notes. Uh, you'll also see that, uh, and this is a really good one, you should definitely watch this if you've not. Uh, Christina was interviewed by EMP. She had to take items from the Bucket of Truth, which was a quite interesting way of doing an interview with... Uh, various band members uh, and it's it's worth checking out because it is really really funny and again I'll post a link uh, next up we've got Andrea who was interviewed by Horns Up Rocks as we've said in the past Andy gives really good conversational interviews and this is a really good example of that it goes on for quite some time it's about 15 minutes long but it's he talks about his Italian heritage and how it's interview- influenced I should say his music uh, what makes Lacuna Call unique and much more so definitely check that one out Finally posted today, Lacuna Coil will be attending two festivals over June and July. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say the German name, but it's a Rockham festival in Germany on the 22nd of June. And the Best City Festival in Ukraine on the 14th of July. So tickets are available now. Just head over to the websites, which um, are on the front page of Empty Spiral, and you should be able to pick up tickets. Definitely get over there if you can. Next up, we've got a fan interview with Laura, who started life as a Lacuna Core fan in the UK and uh, recently moved to Los Angeles. So she's an expat, and we're going to have a chat to her about how she became a fan and her favourite shows and what Lacuna Core means to her. So I um, hope you enjoy it.
So welcome today to Laura, uh, English expat and touring buddy. Uh, Laura, you've you've moved to LA now, haven't you? You've left us behind. I know I have. I've left you guys in London, and um, I'm now surrounded by dogs and sunshine. <laughs> dogs with hats and sunshine. Yeah, dogs in dresses. <laughs> dogs and in sunglasses. <laughs> It's like a living doll you've got there with Lulu. I, know. I have to fill my time doing something, and that's the only thing I can really think of to do with my day. So. How is LA? Is it really that different from London? No, the traffic's still just as bad. The people are just as rude. So no, it's not that different. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad you had low expectations of London, and therefore <laughs> I've not been disappointed by LA. <laughs> but surely the weather's better. No, I mean, it was like 31 degrees the other day. It was absolutely boiling and the air conditioning isn't that good. So, But no, it's really good here. I mean, there's palm trees everywhere. The beach is like a short drive away. So yeah, no, it's like 10 times better than living in England. We had 31 degrees, but ours was in Fahrenheit. (laughs) Uh, And it's no lie to say there has been snow. So as we said in last week's episode, English summer did actually last about two days, didn't it, guys? Isn't that more than last year? Yeah, last year it was about one and a half. Yeah. So we clearly need to, I don't know, burn more fridges or whatever it is we can <laughs> Anyway, we're here to talk about Laura and Lacuna Coil. So, Laura, tell us, when did you first get into the band? So it's been about 11 years now, which is just crazy that it's over a decade. Back in my teenage goth days, there was um, a UK magazine called Meltdown, which kind of showcased underground Gorth and metal music and I they had an interview with Christina in one of their summer editions and it was a long time before um I you know I hadn't heard anything about them I hadn't heard their music but I read the interview and you know Christina's really striking in her photo shoots and I remember taking out the pictures and putting them on my wall and just kind of thinking you know she looks really good and she had really interesting things to say and the way that she described her music was exactly the thing that I had been searching for but hadn't quite found yet. So I think it was maybe a few months later, just before Comalize came out, which I think it came out in autumn, didn't it? Yeah, it was, um, where it was late summer, yeah. Yeah, late summer. And I heard Angel's Punishment on a magazine CD, and I remember listening to it on the bus and just being kind of blown away by it. So I went out and bought Comalize, and I, you know, I fell in love. And I think I probably played that CD nonstop for, you know, a good year. And then I kind of got all my friends into them and they started getting a buzz and they started getting more press in the UK. So it wasn't really until 2004, which is when I managed to first see them live. But yeah, it was all kind of stemmed from that magazine and the UK press that started picking up on um, the buzz that was going around. Excellent. When was that first show? Where was it? Um, it was the Hammersmith Apollo, and they were supporting In Flames, which is when I interviewed Andy. And I remember being 16 years old and Mackie giving me a beer and thinking, yeah, I'm underage. <laughs> I'm sure they think I'm over 18 right now. And kind of sitting backstage and just being completely overwhelmed at how friendly they were, because it was the first band I'd ever interviewed. And, you know, I'd been idolizing Christina and those guys for a couple of years by then. And yeah, just being totally gobsmacked at how, you know, awesome they were. I remember that day very well, actually. Yeah. Didn't, didn't we stand outside making up questions? I think so. And I'm you pre- turned up with some sunflowers on your head. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, those heady days of yore. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember 
I had spent ages kind of choosing Christmas presents for them all and like wrapping them up in Christmas wrapping paper and <laughs> buying Christina rings and necklaces and like Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. And I'm being like really embarrassed to give it to them when I when I was backstage, but I did, and they loved them, and they were eating the chocolates, and yeah, it was a it was a very good day for 16 year old me. And you got a good interview out of it as well, as I recall. I did, yeah, and I I mean I, I didn't expect Andy to talk as much as he did because I had no idea how much Italian spoke, and then I remember it kind of ru- running over to like 50 minutes and. Prior to the interview, I was told by their PR woman that they didn't really have much time. And, I mean, Andy was fully aware of that, but he still, you know, he invested so much time in answering questions as, like, openly as he could. Excellent. Excellent. Is that interview still online? It's on Empty Spiral. Yeah, because I know you had it on another website, didn't you? That you were yeah, I had it on my school website. <laughs> this is how long ago it was. <laughs> it was in the school newspaper. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's on ES, it's in our interview archive, so it's worth a read. I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll post a link to the interview in the show notes just to sort of complete the picture, as it were. It is a good interview because at the time he was having singing lessons and it's kind of interesting to see how his voice has progressed and how like he was taking you know, an active interest in trying to improve his vocals because they were starting to do more live shows and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and I think, it was, I think you said to me at the time... It, it, it came at a time when vocally they were changing as a band as well, so he was doing less death metal and sort of growls and stuff, more kind of clean vocals, etc. So what's been your favourite show then? In fact, do you know how many times you've seen them? It's been quite a few um, times we've, we've I think talked it's a lot together, haven't we? It's about 50. In terms of favourite shows, I can't even like pinpoint one particular time. There's been favourite tours but then the tours all blend together so I, I'd say those favorite years which is probably I think 2006 when they did the evening with oh yeah yeah um that was the first time they did kind of an acoustic set followed by a live show is that the one you're yeah. referring to yeah it's like getting two for the price of one I think with favorite shows it's not so much about the live performance but also just like seeing the Lacuna Coil fans and hanging out with everyone from Empty Spiral and I can't I've been I think the first, the time that I saw them in LA last month or whenever it was was the first time I'd seen them sober ever. Um, so it was like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to see them because the venue was not that great for um, running into them. But yeah, I mean, I remember the show completely, which makes a change. But yeah, I think that's why I have so much difficulty remembering what shows I've been to. My memory of touring with you, Laura, is always the morning after with you in the back of my car with shades on. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm not sure whether you're asleep, unconscious, or, or just kind of keeping your eyes closed so that the sun doesn't get in there. Well, don't forget that time you had to pull over on the side of the motorway so I could be sick. Or was it, uh, there was a service station, I think, maybe. Yeah, it was a service station car park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy days, happy days. <laughs> so you saw them, was it last month? Um, I think it was March, yeah. I ran into Wolfie. Um, and it was good to see him. I hadn't seen him in some time. But in terms of production and everything, the show was really good. It was just um, on occasions the sound kind of was a bit iffy, but in the song choices they chose, everything was from the last three albums, which you kind of expect when they're just doing a supporting show. But um, they played Kill the Light, um, To the Edge, Fragile, which I was really pleased to hear. What else? Trip oh, and Darkness Dead. Oh, right, okay, yeah. cool. 
um, Survive, um, Spellbound. So yeah, it was a really good, um, a really good mix. Um, and they played longer than I thought they were going to be too, because there was another two bands after them. So We talked about memories already, actually. But I did have a specific question, although I, I, I do feel that you probably answered it. Do you have any enduring memories of being a Lacunacor fan f- for the last 11 years, which, as you say, is a very long time? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm suggesting that you're old at all. <laughs> I'm just suggesting that you were very young when you became a fan. How's that? That's... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> enduring memories. And I don't mean throwing up in a car park. No, I'm trying to pick some clean ones. <laughs> or throwing up on a London street. We're painting such a picture of you, Laura, and it's not intentional. <laughs> well, my best memories are... So, I think it's when you're younger and you get the excitement when you know that Lacuna have announced a tour and you've kind of got everything set up and you're going to be going to, like, something like 10 shows or something in two weeks. And I think it's the excitement knowing that you're going to be with, like, your best friends for, you know, a substantial amount of time. And then, you know, you'd be going to see Lacuna and you would be arranging hotels or sometimes we would be kind of spending the night on the streets of Leeds trying to find places that sold coffee so that we could keep warm. Um, And, like, waving the tour bus off after we'd been drinking all night. And then we would kind of be left, kind of sitting on a park bench and there'd be a big group of us, you know, and... I think those are the best times when you just had like a really good night watching your favorite band and then we would be kind of wandering around getting into trouble and laughing and freezing and crying. (laughs) You know, you go through all these different emotions, but in fact, you know, you're having a really good time and then you go home the next day, you'd recover and then you'd go and repeat all the same mistakes the next day. So spend two weeks trying to find a subway. Yeah. Every day was right. Okay. We've landed in a new city. Subway time. Where's the subway? And then we see Iron Maiden eating pasties in car parks. And... <laughs> You're trying to get a film of them and it not working at all. Yeah. And I think we needed dent in a certain Mercedes or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or like when we make Mackie do the stupid dancing. <laughs> oh yes, over and over again. Yeah. There are so many enduring memories, aren't you? That's the, that's the great thing. Yeah, I know. And I wish that I documented it better because back in those days that we like digital cameras weren't a big deal back then and I remember like taking disposable ones all the time and like printing out the pictures and boots and sticking them on my wall and stuff and they've all been lost now and I just wish that I had you know filmed more and taken more photos and kind of documented it better I, I think however there is still a picture around somewhere that I might have of you with those flower ears on from the first show that you oh, went really? to. Yeah, yeah, I think we've still got a picture of it taken in the dressing room. You need to dig I, it out. I, I'll have to dig that out and tweet it or something. And so one of, I've got one of Christina wearing them too. Yeah, they, I think they went round the room, didn't they, as I recall? Yeah. I'm not sure and that we got pictures of everybody though. Rudy was there too, which again is like, you know, another good guy that we've met through those guys in Empty Spiral. And he's going to be here next month actually. No, July. He's going to be in LA. Ah, yeah, we'll say hi to Rudy from us, definitely. I will do. Right, okay, so I'm going to come on to my last question for you now. And it's it's a question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. What does being a Lacuna Core fan mean to you, Laura? What does it mean to me? I think to me it means family. 
partly for obviously the Italian aspect. The Kunicolas themselves consider them to themselves to be a family. I think there's like a really good community attached to them and their fans, which I haven't seen in with anyone else before. I think their online community, thanks to Empty Spiral, is, you know, so strong. And, I mean, it was proved to me, again, by the fact that when I moved here to LA, I didn't really know anyone. And I thought, oh, okay, who do I know that's a Lacuna Coil fan in LA? And now, you know, I've got a good friend, Rachel, here, who is from Empty Spiral. And I know that I can consistently rely on anyone from Empty Spiral most of the time, there are a few exceptions because there are a few weirdos around. Um, <laughs> Present company excluded, I would like to say. Present yeah. <laughs> company excluded. Um, but no, I think it means family. I've made so many good friends through Lacuna and through going and supporting them. So yeah, it's been a very good time. Well, thank you. That was a really good answer and I do agree. I think it is all about family and it, the, the the community is so... It's so three-dimensional. It goes beyond the music itself, as you say, and I, I've not seen that in any other band. So, yeah, it's, there's something very much, very special there. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, well, thank you for joining us down the podcast. It's lovely to speak to you. We must speak more often. I know. It's yeah. good to hear your voices. And Russell and Mikey, I didn't hear your voices, but hello. <laughs> we're still here. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> Listen impatiently. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank okay. you. thank you very much again. Okay, I'll speak to you guys soon. So now we have the uh, review of the final song from Inner Reverie. Whose turn is it to go first, guys? So I think it's one of you two because it was me last week. So I, I think it's mine, isn't it? As I, I recall, I think it is. Yeah. It's not a bit weird that I I got I had to go first for falling, and now I'm going first yeah. for falling again. Okay, well uh, this is a really interesting song, and I think it's it's impossible to interview Falling Again without comparing it to Falling, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because I'm not going to spend any time talking about the lyrics, because, well, I've already done that, and I I repeat myself far too often as it is. I'm I'm struggling with this one. Where do I start? Um, Well, firstly, I assume that everybody's heard it. I assume everybody's got an idea of the differences. But I'll quickly run through, musically what I see the differences to be without going into too much detail. Certainly the the song itself has a faster start than Falling. As you may recall, Falling has quite a lengthy lead-in with kind of like rushing wind uh, and then we get the guitar melody. This one has the guitar melody straight away. And then once we've had that initial introduction, we see the main differences between this and the original Falling. It starts to become very obvious. Where we get... Um, the beat, I guess, the bass beat. Uh, and this is where the song very much differs. It feels like, and I'll use the word, it feels like a remix of Falling, if I'm honest. And I 
certainly prefer falling to this. I think for a lot of people, this is their first choice. I think that although the sentiment is still there in this song, it, falling is an acoustic song. I think that's reflected in the fact that when the when the band play it today, they play it acoustically. It doesn't feel as intimate falling again as falling does because it's not acoustic. Christina's vocals, although still there, aren't as prominent, and I feel they get a little bit lost in the music, which is not something you want from falling, in my opinion. The fact that in the original song you can hear every breath she takes, uh, you can hear every change in tone, it feels like she's sort of seen it directly into your ear, whereas this one, it feels like she's trying to sing it over the music, and I, I'm, I don't think that works as well for me. The whole thing just doesn't have that sense of intimacy that Falling does. Having said that, if there was no Falling, this wouldn't be a bad song. This is a good song, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I don't think it compares well to Falling. I'm a little unclear as to why the band did what they did. Um, I think, it, yeah, it makes it more, maybe more accessible, maybe more radio-friendly, although I don't think that was a time in, in the band's career when they were looking to deliver radio-friendly songs of any kind or had any pressure on themselves to do so. I do like this song. I do like Falling Again. I think it's a good round-out to the album. But I think that Falling eclipses it on every level, vocally, musically, and, which is at its heart, emotionally. That's my thoughts. What about you guys? Russ? I pretty much agree with everything you said, Matt. I think you've, you've covered it to a T. Um, I think musically there's there's nothing wrong with the song, but after you've heard Falling, it's impossible not to compare the two songs. So for a lot of people, the same as yourself, um, Falling always sticks out you know, in your mind. So when you do listen to it, you're used to hearing that, that long intro, you're used to hearing the acoustic guitar and that specific arrangement. I think if Falling didn't exist, then when we come to review the song at the end, Falling Again would probably get a slightly higher review than what we'll likely give it. But because of the existence of Falling, it's very difficult to judge it in isolation. Um, musically, I agree. I don't think it works quite as well. Um, I do like the music and the arrangement. Um, I do think it goes, it goes well. But again, without sort of comparing it to Falling, it sort of goes a bit off track. Um, the interesting thing I found is that there are some subtle changes and differences in the lyrics, which are very, very minor. I won't go into because I think it's more interesting that anyone that is listening to this sort of goes, listens to the two songs or looks at the two books and sort of picks out for themselves what those differences are. But they are, they are quite, quite apparent in there and probably done for a specific reason. And it's almost like the, the lyrical content of Falling Again it's almost like a, a follow-on to Fallen, in a way, in terms of where the you know the person is that Christina is you know either is or is speaking of, and how they've sort of uh, developed sort of down some further stage of the point that they're at. But yeah, echoing yourself, uh, it's a good song, but it's it's not Fallen. What about you, Mike? Yeah, um, I just think that it is like an extra layer on top of the uh, original Falling, but. It's well. It feels to me like an, an add-on at the end of the album. If you've got such a heavyweight like veins of glass, I think that the album should have ended there. Well, for me personally, and I just think this is like um, I don't know, like 
not an afterthought, but just something as an added extra to bolt onto the end of the album. Well, like a special edition song. I hadn't really thought of it like that before. Yeah, yeah, maybe that it should have it should have ended on on a high with veins of glass, and this is just like like a bonus track, as it were, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. What do you think about that, Russell? Russell, I think it's an interesting idea, actually. Yes, it's it's an interesting thought. I think you know you summed it up perfectly when you you know you mentioned that it when you listen to it, you, it comes across almost like it's a remix. So I think that sort of follows on Mike's point of you know you view it as a remix. It's tagged on the end of the album. I think it does close out the album nicely, but it's not that high impact song that. You know, veins of glass is if you wanted to end on a high, or that falling is if you wanted to sort of end on a more subdued emotional level. So it's sort of caught between the two planes. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting thinking back on what we said. We're probably coming across really negative here, but I don't. There's yeah. one of us that doesn't like the song. <laughs> <You know it's, laughs> and I, don't get me wrong, I do like the song. I do think it it, it adds to the album. Uh, if it was considered a bonus track, then it certainly is a bonus. Yeah. Um, I, I've certainly never considered, shall we say, manipulating my playlist so I get falling at the end of Inner Reverie instead of falling again. That's never even crossed my mind. I still listen mm. to the album in, it, in its completeness. Yeah, it, exactly. I like um, Mike's point about it being a different layer. Mm. Um, yeah. Whether or not it adds to the song as a whole, I think is debatable, but it certainly makes for a different kind of song as it's slightly more upbeat, back to that remix point. In terms of scoring, then, um, I think, as I said right at the beginning, if it wasn't for Falling, and I wouldn't have Falling to compare to, this would be something like a a 9 out of 10 song. I, I still think I'd probably kind of wait, come away thinking, it's not perfect because without that, that little suggestion of a remix in there that I would get, even though I hadn't heard the original without the remixes as well, I'd be thinking, would it be better without that? And for me, Falling is that perfect 10, because it is better without it. So I'd still probably rate it as a 9, maybe an eight and a half, nine without if I didn't know Falling. With Falling, though, it's still a good song, but it's it doesn't even come close, and I'd be kind of rating it about a 6, 6 out of 10. That's my rating for Falling again. With the existence of Falling, um, for me, I will listen to Falling every single day of the week. I mm. won't necessarily do that with Falling mm. again, knowing that Falling is around. What about you, Russ? Uh, again, as per the review, very, very similar on the rating. I mean, I was probably um, a bit wrong with my original review of Falling and giving it a 9. It probably is, as you suggested, a 10 song. So weighing up the two in the balance, I'd probably go with, you know, probably a seven for falling again which you know is not to say it's a bad song it sounds overly critical and harsh but i have to base that on the existence of falling which is just an amazing song falling again is a great song but in comparison it's not an amazing song gotcha that, that makes sense no no absolutely makes sense mike uh totally agree with both of you i would think either middle of the road six or maybe sl- sloping down towards a high five maybe just because of what we know with falling and well my thoughts of it maybe almost being like a bonus track kind of thing but um, high five low six yeah I'm, I'm, do you know i think we're gonna need to do a poll i think what i'll do is i'll, I'll do a poll on uh, empty spiral yeah. about this because i'm really interested to know what people think how they compare the two you know, because there will be people that maybe don't necessarily 
um, have all the albums certainly might find the EP being more difficult to get hold of than possibly in a reverie so they might not have even heard Falling mm. so I may have heard Falling Again first and therefore feel that Falling is a very much stripped down version of Falling Again you know we've obviously heard it in I'll say chronological order but there will be people that haven't so it'll be fascinating to, to hear what people think, yeah, sure. of, think of the two how the two compare side by side That's uh, Falling Again, the last song from the Inner Reverie album, which brings us pretty much to a close on the songs on the album, of course. Uh, that means that next time we speak, we'll be talking about the album itself as a whole. Uh, what I'll do is I'll pull together the ratings that we've given for each of the songs, something we didn't do for the EP. Maybe we can go back and do that one day. And then just look at the album, see how it flows... Uh, we've touched on it a couple of times anyway, so it shouldn't be unfamiliar to anybody. Uh, look at the artwork uh, for both editions and uh, just sort of sum up our views on Lacuna Call's first full-length album. Well, that brings us to a close for another week. If you want to get in contact with us and uh, give us a hard time over our review of Falling Again, perhaps, then you can get hold of us uh, at the Empty Spiral website which is www.emptyspiral.net or via our Facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net or of course on Twitter which is at emptyspiralnet that's without the full stop or period depending on where you come from in terms of listening to the podcast you can do so of course via iTunes or on the Stitcher Radio Network or you can download or stream it directly from emptyspiral.net so you've got no excuses um one thing I should say to the guys, in terms of uh, listeners, well, the last time I looked, we're averaging about 1,700 listens a month. On, uh, That's cool. Yeah, so every one of our... Sorry, a month, a week, I should say. Every one of our episodes is about 1,700 people are listening to um, the podcast, which is fantastic news. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for your support, and uh, I hope you like it. And if you don't, just let us know why you don't like it, because if we don't know, we can't make it better, can we? No, exactly. No. Any feedback, always gratefully received. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, as I say, that brings us to a close this week. So, I'm. what am I doing this week? I'm not doing much, actually. I think I'm going to have a restful week. I'm going to chill out and maybe catch a few rays in the garden. <laughs> How about you guys? Uh, <laughs> doing the same by the sounds of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably work out why half my house has got pattern, why the other half hasn't. Yeah, Hopefully not be buried in snow next week. That's, that's probably a good place to start, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for exploding light bulbs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, well, it's, uh, my name's Matt Rycroft, and it's goodbye from me for another week. And it's goodbye from me, Mike Dyer. And it's goodbye from me, Russell Taylor. Thanks very much, everybody. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.